Dot and Paul Show, episode 18, code opening. Burr. Scott Paul Show, episode 18. There's no Dan because he is so disappointed that Street Fighter V is not a finished product. Maybe in a few months, Dan might come out hiding or hibernation, whatever we want to do. Scott. What's up, man? What's going uh, on? Oh, not much. <clears throat> Derek Toro has some interesting um, comments on video games. He said that games are only limited by the bastards with the money. The one percenters are running running video games, Scott. It's the point one percenters. Uh, one percenters include people that make like $400,000 a year. Anyways, <laughs> they're not all billionaires. Okay. Yeah, um, I thought it was interesting, and he is absolutely right. And I apologize for my voice because I have a like nasty science infection. I'll try not to cough or... <laughs> Too much. So you were crying over Street Fighter as well. Yeah, that's got me all tied up. But yeah, um, Toro was at the uh, Dice Summit in Las Vegas. Him and um, uh, Kojima. I don't know who else was on there. Was it just those two? They're the only ones that matter. Yeah. And him and some other. Dude was out there, but uh, no, that was Jeff. Um, doesn't fucking matter, but it was a game broadcaster, yeah. Like, again, he's, he's apparently some guy. It's, yeah, yay, Jeff, Jeff Knightley. Keely. Knightley. Knightley. Yeah, anyways, the important people, and I don't like the way he spells his name. Nope, that's why he's not important. This guy's <laughs> probably making all kinds of money and probably influential in games, but anyways. That's his game broadcaster. President of Game Slice. What the hell is Game Slice? I just had something. An easy to remember name that would search for me. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, Google. Yeah. It's a podcast. Yeah. Okay. But, so he's a podcaster. Yeah, but did um I loser. Uh Dataro uh further explained his bastard comment by saying, um, He said that the people with money are conservative and have to be, while the creative people are adventurous. Uh, Kojima said, 
that he is absolutely right. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what people he might be referring to. Might be having something to do with PT, right? <laughs> uh, uh, Del Toro added, um, I'm sure the money people think I'm a bastard. <laughs> um, Del Toro's playing Fallout 4 right now. Uh, speaking of Fallout, though, um, I did win Dice Game of the Year. Um, up for Dice Game of the Year was also Bloodborne, Ori and the Blind Forest, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and The Witcher 3 to Wild Hunt. So, Bro Force wasn't even in the running? No. Fucking horseshit. Just a bunch of big names. Yeah. Bunch of, it's whitewashing. The, money. the bastards with the money were up for, the, for Fallout. Yeah, there's too many brown people in Bro Force. Uh, it's like the Emmys. Outstanding achievement in game direction also went to Fallout 4. Surprisingly, uh, Life is Strange was also up in that. Rise of Tomb Raider, Witcher 3, and Undertale. However, our venture game of the year went to uh, Metal Gear Solid. So, uh, action game of the year, Battlefront. Really? I mean, core gameplay is pretty fun, but the content is so light. Well, it beat out your game, action game of the year, Splatoon. Yeah, it's not better than Splatoon. In my opinion, my humble opinion. Mobile game of the year was Fallout Shelter. The Die Spirit Award went to Rocket League. That's a fun game. Spirit Award. That's that's that should be in running for game of the year. <laughs> game was awesome. Uh, there's a lot more, but I'm not going to read it. There's wow, they got a shitload of games. Um, outstanding achievement online gameplay, Rocket League. Yeah, plays pretty smooth. Sports game of the year, Rocket, Rocket League. League. Good. Surprised it wasn't Madden. Uh. Fighting game of the year, Mortal Kombat X. Bullshit. What the? Nope. Not with those microtransactions. I think it's the only. I think it's the only new one I bought this year. It's ex, it, or last year. It's super expensive microtransactions. But it's a fun game. But I haven't really tried the online. I messed with it a little bit, and it was kind of a little herky jerky. But who knows if that's Mortal Kombat's fault or mine? But I have read that there's some online issues. But I don't know how severe they are for people with good connections. Yeah. Um, but I moved back to the instinct, so it doesn't matter. If you have Xbox One, you can pre-order Doom for... Well, you can... Can you pre-download right now? You may pre-download a game right now. And... For a limited time, you will receive Doom 1 and Doom 2. I don't know if you can actually start playing Doom 1 and Doom 2 now. I wonder Doesn't if say. you pre-order a physical copy, will there be a code for Doom 1 and Doom 2? I mean, I've only got like 16 versions of those games. <laughs> but it is a neat little bonus. Pre-order $5 now. on Xbox Live Marketplace or something. 
probably pre-order now and also receive the demon multiplayer pack which also includes one unique demon themed armor set and three skin variations six hack modules one used consumable perks, six exclusive metallic paint colors, and three id logo patterns that can be applied to weapons and armor. Scott, are you looking forward to Doom? Absolutely. It releases May 13th. Uh, I can't come fast enough. No, it, 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 I will definitely come faster than Doom will come. I'm just saying. When it, I'm just gonna, it's going to be like that episode of The Simpsons where... Millhouse is like holding on to the control and he's flying backwards because yeah. the game is just like blasting away. I may have said that in a previous podcast, but I don't remember. But anyways, yeah, Doom, Doom is on my radar. Yeah. Speaking of coming all over your face, neck, and chest, Jay and Silent Bob Chronic Blunt Punch is a Kickstarter. Um, I guess go to fig.com. And if you want to back a Jay and Silent Bob game, there's your chance. Um, I mean, they can be funny. Whether <laughs> <laughs> you want to play a Kevin Smith game, yeah, I mean, he's funny usually. Usually, so it's a side-scrolling two D game. Beat uh, him up. Well, jump in the shoes of Lunchbox and Mister Snugins in a colorful side-scrolling. T- 2.5D over-the-top multiplayer brawler. Play as the dynamic duo alone or with a friend in the tag team combo fight fest. Um, it's hey Scott, it's a couch op. Yeah, that's one of my favorite um, genres. Yeah, destroy your enemies with fist, feet, and the magic of self-esteem destroying shit talk while you embark on a mission to find your long-lost pot customers trapped in the Orwellian shopping center. Um, some of the rewards, um, for $10, you can get your name in the credits, $18 early bid, um, you get a, a digital download of Jane Silent Bob, you get your name in the credits as well, and you get it for PC, so I guess I can get that. That's how buy for PC anyway. Uh, $20 is the same thing. So why not just go ahead and pay the extra two bucks for the game, you greedy bastards? Yeah, pretty much. $35, you're a mall rat. You get the digital soundtrack, naming credits as well, and a game on PC. $70, you're an Amy Chaser. Name and credits, digital art book, soundtrack, and the game for PC. $125, let's see, it's physical, everything just mentioned, plus you get a t-shirt. Wow, $125 extra just for a fucking t-shirt? Digital art book, soundtrack, name and credits, t-shirt, and a PC physical copy. Sorry, that's a little bit different. $250. Uh, physical copy of Jay, Silent Bob, Chronic, blah, 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 PC, and Mac with campaign exclusive slipcase and exclusive backer movie poster plus all previous rewards. $350. Get the Deluxe Collector's Big Box Edition of the game plus three figures, fig exclusive art prints signed by the artist who made them. 
Um, four hundred fifty dollars. So they got like a ten thousand dollar tier where you can like go eat with them or some shit, like most of these things do. Um, I mean, never mind. If they're starving dollars, children, you can dollars have a fucking video game made. But anyways, ten thousand dollars, you can appear in Kevin Smith's next movie and get blown by him. No, you can. Well, you can be in his next movie. Well, the, the ten thousand dollars is um, uh, see the good stuff. You can, you can get a walk-on roll, arcade stick, a jersey signed by Kevin Smith from the Secret Stats. You can get an animated version of yourself and as a character in the game. Get personalized shout out from Jay and Silent Bob. Actually, what the fuck? Bob doesn't speak. How can he get a fucking shout out? Maybe a wave or hold up a picture of your like name or something. Exclusive arcade stick design and insult from the combo convo combo convo combat. All right, so there's a lot of cool shit. Yeah. So, but I mean, is it worth the money? Who knows. Um, the big thing I'm seeing on this is five thousand dollars to get your face in the game. If it's funded, the developers say it will be available in February 2018. So they're giving themselves a full two years to make a 2D brawler, 2.5D brawler. So a lot of these games are like, or these crowdfund things are like, yeah, give us uh, five million dollar and we're going to make your game in three months. <laughs> the goal is four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So at least they're giving themselves plenty of time. They got fifty-three thousand dollars in. Fuck it, I'll give them twenty bucks. Get my name in the credits. Woohoo! We will support this. So what is? I mean, Fig is obviously a crowdfunding thing, but is it like? Well, they don't charge you unless you actually they reach the goal. Ah. You will only be charged if this campaign reaches its goal on March 31st, 2016 at 9 p.m. Hmm. Okay, well, that's interesting. As long as it's fun. And it should be fun. The, the, um, I don't know if they're going to be able to get this thing cleared for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, especially with all the pot and shit. I don't know, man. Like, Call of Duty has... Um, well, I don't know. A lot of the games, and they had like the pot leaves and stuff. You can change your tags and stuff with them. So, I mean, I don't know. Vince McMahon can say fuck on TV. You can get by with this, I guess. All right. So, one piece of clarification we have to make from last week it's the Fallout 4 DLC. Um, that was our fault because we were rushed and we wanted to get everything out. The original plan was there was going to be three Fallout 4 DLC packs. Well, one season pass and there's going to be three. Automatron, Wasteland Workshop, and Far, Far Harbor. And they had decided at some point, I didn't read the whole thing again, but they had decided at some point that they were going to make more DLC. And so they had decided that they were going to raise the price to $60 or $50, whatever it was. Was it $50? $50. Yes. 
But instead of fucking everybody, they were going to go ahead and keep the price at $30 till March 1st. So we were kind of burying them for jacking the price up for only 30 for three pieces of DLC. That's not the case. You are going to get $60 worth of DLC eventually throughout the year whenever they get to it. So good on Bethesda. They're not fucking the peoples. So you still have Mostly. Till, till Mark. Well, I don't want the first two DLC. And so you still have till March 1st to go ahead and, and pick up the uh, DLC. I'd say probably within the year, you will probably get another Far Harbor big-ass DLC. And if you look at, realistically, what the um, uh, quote-unquote indie game times are, is what? Nine hours? Yeah, it's, something like that. It's going to be about the same. I'm going to have to cover for Scott while he takes some time off. He's got issues. But it's going to equal out probably to an extra 12 hours total. And there's other things going on with Fallout here, Automatron and Wasteland. Just because I'm not playing it doesn't mean that other people are. So it's you will get your money's worth eventually throughout the year. So go ahead and drop the extra 30 bucks for it. You will get your money's worth. Now, on to movies and TV. Uh, Young Justice Season 3 rumors are starting up, and it would be a Netflix exclusive. Um, I like it. Did you watch Season 1 or 2? I've caught... Seven or eight episodes from both seasons, like one, a couple from each season. This is from Geek Tyrant. Um, comic book resources is that? Yep, comic book resources and voice actor Carey. Is that how you pronounce his name? Hey, I don't have any idea. Hayden. Uh, the dude does Aqualad and Cyborg are reporting that Netflix is currently looking at the numbers for Young Justice, and if they like what they see, we will get a third season of the show. Um, so I guess that's good news for um, Netflix. Because Netflix is really jumping on doing their... They're basically their own fucking channel now. Yeah. I do remember a couple of people that I have talked to got really pissy when Young Justice got cut off. It was a good show. When was the last... Um, it was like three years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They the DC don't know what the fuck they want to do with any of their shows. <laughs> I mean, I'm just laughing at the lunacy. Are we really talking about this again? I mean, I hear, I don't know why they still fucking reboot the comics again while they're at it. I mean, it's just you're sitting here talking about. It, I'm like, 
are they really fucking going to cancel another show? I mean, I know it's by the numbers. It's by the numbers. Yeah. They sell fucking merchandise off of this shit too. And of course, that like, doesn't always make the advertisers happy. But like, you know, these other shows were successful, but hey, you know, we're just going to shit on them. You know, it's like the comic books. It's just fucking stupid. Young Justice ran from 2010 to 2000 on 2013 on Cartoon Network, lasting two seasons and 46 episodes. Show's cancellation was announced three years ago. Wow. And now they're talking about bringing it back. Yeah. So, hey, whatever. I mean, it was, I liked it. Check your chat. All right. So, moving on. Young Justice. Okay. Is that, that's enough for TV, it looks like. What? What? Uh, okay, according to, uh, wait, what did you just send me? Because I just saw something here. Um, it's, it's Superman and Lois getting ready to have sex for the first time. <laughs> it's oh. hilarious. Oh, the punchline is so worth it. There's no nudity in it or anything, man. I know you're, I know you're. No, you're I It's pretty good. Anyways, um, Dark Tower is already fucked. Apparently is our little headline here. Um, Dark Tower is a seven-book series <laughs> that they're adapting into. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Um, yeah, Lois is disappointed that Superman, once he takes his pants off, actually has pincers on his penis. The, and she's like, why do you have pincers on your penis? And he's like, what the grab onto you with? Because, <laughs> 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 you know, he's fucking Kryptonian. Not everything's the same. Anyways, uh, the Dark Tower adds a Mad Max Fury Road actress to lead. Okay. Oh, Latina Review. How dare you call him an actress? Anyways, um, the actress Abby Lee, she was one of Immortan Joe's wives in Mad Max Fury Road. And she's playing character reported named Tirana, which I don't remember because it's been like seven or eight years. Whatever. It was. It was probably six months after the last book came out that I had read it. So it's been quite some time since then. I don't recognize the character. Apparently it's uh, readers are questioning the name of the character that Lee plays. That's what I heard. They were calling this major character. And for diehard fans, I can tell you a few character qualities. She's sexy and dangerous. She has fake human skin and cold snake-like eyes. She doesn't come in until the seventh volume, apparently, but she's going to be starring in the first film. And this is the problem. If she doesn't come into the seventh volume in the books, which I, I again I don't know who it is, um, why is she showing showing up at the first film? That's it. That's an that's a kind of an issue. Um, they're fucking shit up already. They're fucking it up, man. Dark Tower is a fantastic series with the worst fucking ending in the novel ever, but it's just shit. But either way, up until that last few paragraphs. It's, it's a very, very great engrossing series. It's well-written and had a great narrative. It has a few jumping-off points here and there. Don't get me wrong. There are some things around the time that Stephen King had his real-life incident with getting hit with a car. Around, the books after that's kind of... They're up and down. But the whole, the whole series as a whole is just fantastic. And they have a cult-like following. And you're immediately going to just fuck that shit up 
Now, those people are going to shit all over the movie no matter what you do. And, of course, it sounds like Hollywood's probably going to try to get some sort of mass appeal. And they're going to say, well, we could do it better than Stephen King, so let's rewrite his fucking story because that guy apparently doesn't know how to tell a fucking story. Right? Yeah. Yeah, obviously. So, I don't well, know. I don't know who Tirana is. I haven't really researched anything else about it. But I know that if they're moving characters around, there's a serious fucking problem right off Jump Street. We have breaking news. Um... The, as reported by multiple online sources on Tuesday evening, which this was updated 44 minutes ago, the ultimate edition of the forthcoming Batman versus Superman, 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 Superman online edition, God damn it, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, an extended cut for home release, has received an R rating for classification by the, uh, it's fucking rated R, dude. Ooh. Yeah. Somebody's going to say fuck a couple times? Is that what's going to yeah. happen? Yeah, Vince, Vince McMahon's on there. Yes, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition is rated R for sequences of violence. And the other version, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, is rated PG-13 for intense sequences of violence and action throughout and some sensuality. Oh, so there's going to be like a half boob or something. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. It's kind of neat. So, Superman in an R-rated movie? That's kind of crazy. No, it's Batman in an R-rated movie. Superman. Is there going to be like... um, uh, Is there going to be... I don't know. I don't don't even know how to say this. Um, Pincers, possibly? Pincers, yeah. I'd say there's going to be pincers. Yeah. There's going to be pincers penis, and they're going to grab somebody. That's just creepy as fuck. Well, the, well I mean, yeah. I would expect something like this from Suicide Squad. Yeah. I'm surprised. Is this like a last-minute, hey, man? <laughs> Is this another... Deadpool made a shit ton of money, so we'll see if we can sell more DVDs. I don't, I don't think so because they yeah, were probably not. They, they should have been finished with this thing long before Deadpool. Yeah, you would think. Justice League, I can see being rated R, but I don't know. But uh, yes, so Batman. Versus Superman DVDs rated R. I would just I would, instead of rated R, wouldn't you just go off unrated? Why would you just go R? Oh wait a minute, that's like another piece of the puzzle. Using my bat detective skills, that makes me believe that the um, they probably did have an unrated edition, and then saw Deadpool was in fact making a shit ton of money, and said, "Hey, it's called the R-rated edition." Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. See, yeah. so that's my that's where all my conspiracies go. Because it's really predictable out of Hollywood. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Back to more. More movie news. More Stephen King news. Um, It will be shooting hopefully this year. And, hey, guess what? It's rated R. It's like we're back in the fucking 80s again. What's shooting? It. 
Yeah, but what's it called? It. Yeah, but what is it? What's it about? What is it? It's epic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some who's on first shit right there, man. Mm -hmm. Anyways, that's one of my favorite movies. Like, that's got to be in my top 20, even though it's a made-for-TV movie. Just based on how fucking awesome Tim Curry was and how much I shit the bed every night going to bed. Like, I couldn't even go near my bathroom for like a month. Um, in fact, we were watching it and my mom got this bright idea. We had to have just something out of the garage. This is back when the originally released and the garage was separate from the house. And they, she's talked me and my brother into walking over there and getting something for it. I mean, I'm like 10 or something at the time. And she sneaks out the back door and hides in the garden. And <laughs> she had a blanket over her head. And uh, me and Jarrett went in and got whatever the hell it was, a fan or something. I don't know what it was. But we walk back out, and it's middle of the night, and we're watching it. And she's like, Argh! and I froze, man. You know, you have that fight or flight response? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I had the third section which is the freeze response <laughs> and i froze and never moved he got pale as a ghost my brother starts running laps around me going it's it it's it it's it it's it and then he takes off running for the highway and my mom had to like throw the sheet off and try to chase him down while she's giggling like an idiot like she's on drugs or something and she peed herself like she hosed herself <laughs> it was crazy but man that movie was fucking terrifying but yeah man it definitely needs a really good hollywood adaptation a uh, new iteration of this is being done by the director of Mama, Andy. I like Mama. New Andy Muchiti, I think is how you pronounce his name. Muschietti. Muschietti. Uh, producer Roy Lee confirmed that. Uh, See, they just got the tax credit. Gary Doberman wrote the most recent draft working with Andy. So it's being envisioned as two movies. Um, basically, what they have done is the first film is told from the viewpoint of the kids. Second film is told from the viewpoint of the adults. And it can be edited just like the book was where you can splice them together. Yeah, Just like the book was, and they're not quite sure what what they're going to do yet. But it's written that way where they can actually make it just like it was in the book. They they haven't figured it out yet, so that's that's good. They can work it either way. So I think this is going to be a budgeting and what they can actually do with the film studios. So that's a good way to go about it. But right now, they just have to work with the budget target. Shouldn't be that expensive. No, it's, it's, it's fucking it. Yeah, I mean, seriously, there should be... The hardest part... One CGI is, moment. <laughs> yeah. The, the hardest yeah. part is, is dealing with the 1950s or 60s. Well, it was oh, 50s, yeah, I guess it. you're right. It's a period. It's got a period to it. Yeah, that is right. Yeah, it's the 50s. Yeah, so that's, that's the they have to have... have the cars and bikes and yeah. things like that, clothes, all that. I mean, it wouldn't be that hard, but yeah, that would drive the cost up a little bit. Yeah. Still, I mean, you got 
you got the moments where Pennywise is dancing in the photo frames and things like that. I mean, that's shit. That ought to be cheap as shit to do by now. I mean, people could do that on freaking Adobe After Effects. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Let's, but, you know, they'll hire some 50,000 man hour CGI editing crew and wonder why the hell they spent $50 million on CGI for five scenes. So there shouldn't be a whole lot of CGI in that movie. But like you said, the sets and things like that could get a little expensive. And more Stephen King news. The adaptation of The Stand is facing troubles again. The property that's faced countless changes, setbacks, and obstacles since Joss Boone took the lead back in 2004. Uh, it looked like it would be a four-film series. From there, the idea was to make it an eight-episode miniseries plus a film, and since it's gone back and forth between two mediums. Well, uh, right now, Roy Lee, who we just talked about, uh, said, quote, right now it's just in a holding pattern trying to figure out how to make the best movie because we've toyed with breaking it up into multiple movies, making it into one, making it into two. The latest draft, Josh Boone had written it, and was very anxious to make it, but since then has written another script, Revival, which he's going to do beforehand, so we're just waiting for that. If you do one movie, you obviously have to take out a big portion of the book, so trying to balance what we have to keep and what we have to cut was a long process because there's so much to go through, so that's what why it's been such a long process. Right now, it's written as... Two movies. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think he could adapt it in two. They'll end up trying to squeeze out three or something. But no, no he's like, well, what about the TV miniseries leading up to the film? Quote, there was definitely talk about doing that, but the logistics made it very difficult to try to do a worldwide launch of a movie when the TV component would not necessarily be released at the same time worldwide. So it became a logistics nightmare nightmare to try to figure out that. So that plan was abandoned. So what about a straight-to-TV series? Quote, well, that was... Well, Stephen King doesn't necessarily seem to be on board with that idea. Quote, that's where the discussion was going to HBO or Netflix to try to do a series that was launched before a movie. But we've been open to everything just to make it work. I think TV would be great, but Stephen King believes that his vision version, the miniseries that was done before, is a very good interpretation of the novel. Plot and dialogue and yada, 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 yes. The problem with the original miniseries, and I've seen it a couple different times, and it's long, but the problem with the original miniseries is most of the actors are really hard to stomach. They're they're either, I, I don't know, they were just terrible. Most of them were terrible. And, uh, you know, I mean, a few of them were okay, but it just, it, it felt cheap. The sets look like shit at times. They look good. They look great a lot of times. But I remember, I can't remember the name of the character off the top of my head, but the the farm that they go to and the cornfield and everything's like, they couldn't drive to some place and just set up and film someone standing by some corn. No, they built this like really fake ass looking set. And it was, just, it, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a good story, but it was, I thought it was poorly executed for the most part. 
I mean, like at the beginning when the plague was happening, it was it looked pretty good. I thought they did a pretty good job with that. And then by the time they're in Vegas or wherever, I think it's Vegas is where it ends. Yeah, it is. Um, it went downhill really badly. So, yeah, yeah, it's a good interpretation, but there's a lot of execution issues with that. Just put it on Netflix and be done with it. That's the simplest thing. They've this shit has been in development hell for how long? All these Stephen King projects, you know, I don't know. It's just it's really aggravating because it is some good stuff, and I'd like to see something with a little bit of a budget thrown at it. But whatever, see if Netflix bites. Uh, well, that's well, another movie or another. Sorry, another Stephen King book with a shit ending. It was a long fucking book too. Like seven hundred plus pages, I think. Oh, that, maybe that's, that's that's the cut. That's version. the abridged version. Yeah, yeah, I have the long version. Yeah, in I the have closet the somewhere. Version, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a good book. It just you get to the end, you're like, really? That's the end? <laughs> Bullshit. That's that. That's the first Stephen King book I read, and that was a fucking chore. Ah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, last week we were talking about the Wolverine, and we're like, well, is it rated R because that's the Deadpool bullshit, according to um, some sources, no, it's not because the source material is uh, Old Man Logan, which was the Mark Millar and Steve McNeville. I already fucking pronounced his name. It's based on Old Man Logan. Um, so this was in the works for a long time. And so, no, it's not because of Deadpool. So, Wolverine 3, which will probably be getting a name change. Um, rated R. Well, I mean, it's a character that I said before we got on here, I talked about. I'm not a big fan of, or I'm not, a, I'm not going to say I'm not a big fan of. It doesn't matter to me a lot of times whether the movie's rated R or rated PG 13, many times. But certain properties definitely suffer from not going with an R rating. Alien versus Predator. Yeah, they had shit scripts and stuff, but they would have been a little more watchable with rated R. You know what I mean? Those are movies you can't dial it back and make it for family fare. Um, Wolverine is a character that has fucking knives coming out of his hands. Mm. It should be massive trauma anytime he gets a hold of somebody. And, uh, you know. This is the same director who did the Wolverine. 310 to Yuma, walked the line, and Girl Interrupted. I liked uh, the Wolverine up until the boss fight. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I, it just, that sequence just didn't really stick with me. But, I mean, right up to that moment, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I think so. you need, if you're going R, you need a, a really brutal director. That's what you want. Yeah. Uh, crouching Tracker. God damn. I cannot speak today. I need more alcohol. Crouching Tracker. God damn. So there's going to be a ninja movie. <laughs> That's Kung Fu. Yeah. But there should be ninjas in there. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the sequel. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny. Sort of destiny. Why does that sound like it's not going to have anything to do with anybody that made the original movie? Uh, 
Oh, Michelle Yeoh's in there. Okay. Chow Young Fat. Cantonese. Sword of Destiny makes me think Mummy Part 6 or whatever it was. Donnie Yen's in there. Um. It was, um, they were definitely speaking English in a Chinese film. Yeah. Which was weird. So that kind of took me out. I didn't really notice that until <laughs> at the end. I was like, wait, everybody's speaking English. Yeah. I think it's funny they talk about. It was widely criticized in China because of Chow Yun-Fat's Cantonese accent and Michelle Yeoh's Malaysian accent yeah. were apparently laughable to native Mandarin speakers. Yeah. See, I work with a Malaysian, and uh, yeah, she's like, I'm not Chinese. And I'm like, uh, oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't like that. Yeah. So not at all. Uh, it's kind of like... Uh, you know, I work with a guy. It was funny. I was in the tomato fields as a teenager. And there was this guy named Dave from Cuba. And I was 14. I thought he was a Mexican. He got really pissed off. So, yeah, you got to be careful. People's proud of where they're from. So, I'm not proud to be from here. But I don't have any pride in it because it's fucking random chance. I didn't work for it. Yeah. I don't give a shit. It's so, like being proud of my skin color. I don't care. It was something I had no control over. Overall, it should be. I mean, I'll watch it, but. I like the first one. I haven't seen I only saw it one time, and that was back when it first came out on uh, VHS. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll watch it. I'll watch it. Uh, I, I got a weak spot for Chinese kung fu movies anyways. No matter how shitty or good they are, I want to watch them all. Well, uh, The Rock will be taking on another earthquake or something. It's a sequel to San Andreas. It's I still haven't seen the first. Uh, I haven't either. Uh, the Rock made five. The, yeah, well, San Andreas made $500 million worldwide. And it only cost $110 million to make. So... Um, have no idea what it's going to be about, but good for the Rock. So was that like his biggest box office as the star, rather than part of an ensemble or a part of Fast and the Furious? I'm not sure, but it is. Uh, Blade Runner Two will hit theaters on Martin Luther King Weekend in 2018. Supposedly, have they? I mean, did they Lately, start filming? Um, we have reported on when they were going to start filming, but I don't remember. There's not a whole lot of info out there about that movie. Well, we reported on when they were going to start filming, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. I've looked at some stuff a few different times, and there's just again, Harrison Ford's in it. And it's going to be set 30 or 40 years later, according to the article. Just no surprise. It wouldn't be neat if they like totally just surprised everybody. Principal and photography is scheduled for July. July. 
But I think it'd be cool if he did like the Jeff Bridges thing in Tron. Yeah, that would be and cool. He, and he was in fact a replicant, and somehow he figured out the secret and didn't age or something. I don't know. Well, if they did that, then maybe they're making keep doing Star Wars, and that would really piss him off. Yeah, Blade Runner is one of those movies that I love, but I've really got to be in the mood to watch it because it's extremely slow paced. It's very slow for sci-fi. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it asks some interesting questions, which is what I love about most sci-fi. But at the same time, it's very slow. But it's a very well-done movie. So, But Ridley Scott's not directing this one. Of course, that doesn't mean anything. You know, Ridley Scott's been up and down. So More down than up. Yeah, more down than up. That's why I'm just like, keep my fingers crossed for Alien. Please be on the upswing. And Star Wars 8 started filming. Yeah. wonder if they have the script finished. I don't know. And they have also released the cast list. We have Laura Dern and Benicio Del Toro. Didn't say who they're playing, but they are in it. I'm sure Del Toro is playing the hill. Hmm. Interesting. You already have like three heels that are coming back. So you have Kyler Red and you have Snoke and you have Captain Phasma. Oh, you have four heels with um I forget what the guy's name is. The general, admiral, whatever he is, bad guy from the Imperial side. Anyways, there's four right there. Yeah. So we shall see. Over in comic book news, DC is doing another relaunch bullshit. Fucking seriously. Uh, what is wrong with these guys, man? Do they really get an uptick in sales every time they do this or something? Because everybody wants to... I don't understand. I mean, it was old at like zero hour. <laughs> mm. Which was what, like 96 or something? They they get a kick out doing this shit. I, I don't understand. I mean, they can write some good stories, but geez, Louise. You know, in something like 52 where it was like a break, was all right, you know, but I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just DC, man. I mean, this is supposed to, you're supposed to fix these convoluted continuities and then you just completely jack it up. Um, I love this world, but there's something missing. Apparently, they are bringing things back to the core of what makes the characters great while still embracing the present. Well, uh, just keep it like that for about 10 fucking years instead of six months, and it'll be all right. Ah, <laughs> uh, all DC. You books will return to a two ninety nine price point, and select core titles will shift to a twice monthly schedule. So it looks like everything is going back to a number one, or they are just special number ones. I don't. It's, it's not a reboot. It is a movement to restore some of what fans have been missing from DC's publishing line in recent years. So. 
Now, is everything going back to number one? Doesn't or say. It, or is it just a special number one? Oh, Action Comics and Detective Comics, the two longest-running series in DC's lineup, will return to their original numbering at 957 and 934, respectively. Okay. That's from Comic Book Resources. Well, that's something they should have fixed a long time ago. That's I mean, good. you were getting near, you're getting near a thousand on those two books. So, um, there's a big interview on Comic Book Resources. I wish I had a, wish I would have seen this before we started, but uh, maybe we can talk about it next week a little bit more. But at least they're returning the numbering. I was, I was not a big fan of that. No. So they have a few miniseries coming out, Rebirth. So, hey, the numbering is really exciting. I mean, if they get back to the core of the characters and stick with it, yeah, that's great. Will they do it? No, because we'll have another freaking crisis in six months. So anyways, whatever. This is why I just stick to Marvel. But I am, from where we're six months behind, we're still reading this bullshit storyline we got now secret wars i'll be fucking glad when this is over with yeah oh god this is fucking killing me i know it's over with now in the main continuity but god it's killing me some of it's fine but i'll be glad when it's done all right here we go from tmstash.com june's release schedule um, well, there's Rebirth Special number one in May. And in June, you have Aquaman, Batman, The Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Superman, Titans, and Wonder Woman are all Rebirth number one. They're all under the that name. And then you have new number one issues for all those titles. Aquaman, Batman, Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So Should it, be twice a month. So it is a fucking relaunch of everything. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. a reboot. It's another, not a reboot. Another renumbering. They're wanting a renumber, so everybody run out and buy number ones again. Oh, my God. We just fucking did this. Two years ago? Is no. Is it two years? No, it was like four years ago or so. Three, four years ago. Yeah, with 52. I picked up like two of the number ones, and I don't even remember which ones they were, um, which I bought the first five or six of a couple of titles. And, again, I know one was Superman. It was Superman and Batman. And, uh, you know, Whatever. The Aquaman relaunch was real good. I mean, I I did enjoy. I, I fucking reading Aquaman. Aquaman was good. Batgirl was good. Yeah, I didn't give Aquaman a shot. Sorry. Aquaman <laughs> was good. Yeah. And then, um, they, and then Justice they, League, Nightwing, <sighs> number one. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number one. Batgirl, Batgirl and Birds of Prey, Hellblazer, Red Hood, and the Outlaws, Superman, Titans. Everything, everything except action comics. Jeez Louise. The majority of their comics are all going back to number ones. So, Oh, real quick. Um, Ash versus the Evil Dead is coming back for season two. Lee Majors and Ted Ramey have uh, been cast. Lee Majors will be Ash's father, and Ted Ramey will be Ash's childhood best friend, respectively, on the second season. So Wait, did you say Lee Majors? Yeah, Lee Majors. He's not fucking be, dead. No. Oh well, great. He's gonna be Ash's father. Congratulations, Lee Majors. He defeated life. 
Okay. Um, he's only 76. He's not as old as I thought he was. Huh. Sweet six million dollar man. On to uh, wrestling news real quick. Um, Bret Hart underwent prostate cancer on February 10th in Calgary, and by all accounts, the procedure was a success. Uh, according to doctors, his prostate uh, he had his prostate completely removed, and his doctors were confident that the cancer was contained, so he won't need any chemotherapy or radiation. He, he should make a complete recovery. Huh. Hart had apparently known about having prostate cancer dating back to last summer, but he had only told close family, and even his friends had only found out days before he made the announcement on Facebook. Doctors felt that because it was a slow-growing cancer, he didn't need immediate surgery, and they pushed it back due to his recovery from wrist operation that took longer than expected to rehab. Fuck that shit. You tell me it's in there? I don't care how slow this shit's grown. Let's cut it out today. But, hey, they're doctors. So, hey, good for Bret Hart. My dad had prostate cancer, and they caught it early and chopped it out of there, and that was 10 years ago, so... So, um, well, WrestleMania is coming up in WrestleMania season. And so the one guy who they have chosen to take on The Undertaker is Shane McMahon. Yes. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No, seriously, are you kidding me? <laughs> Fucking Shane McMahon of all the people. Ah, I don't know. Unless he's going to fall like 6,000 feet, because that motherfucker takes some bumps. I'll give him that. But, jeez. Uh, my God. You want to buy my ticket, Scott? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm thinking about selling that fucking ticket now. After after building this fucking computer, I may have to fucking sell pay some bills. <laughs> and in order to build it up, Vince dropped a fucking F-bomb. Oh, it was an accident. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm he sure. didn't mean to say it. He just slipped. Yeah, yeah, it made us think. I mean, it was all over the freaking the internet. It was like, oh, my God, the F-bomb. Like, are we really surprised by this shit anymore, guys? And who cares? Okay? Jeez. Oh, it's not Vince. It's 2016. Yeah. Yeah, so. he, he gives fucking – he used to give ECW shit for that. But, yeah, he's allowed to say it. Of course, he's an old man now. Or is this, or is this uh, like a uh, foreshadowing of the Attitude Era coming back? Attitude Era 22.0. Yeah. And then at the end of the show, they had uh, fake blood, legitimate fake blood, because they handed uh, Roman Reigns a blood packet. And then Triple H beat the living shit out of Roman Reigns. And then, oh, course, oh, the shattered nose. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was a blood packet. And then here they are trying to build up Roman Reigns as, as the underdog baby face who they want to be the face of the company. And yet, at the end of the night, what happens? Everybody's fucking booing Roman and everybody's cheering Triple H. <laughs> That's a fucking baby face. That's like, oh, oh my God. You people are so fucked. Yeah. Do you see the picture of his post surgery? 
his, his quote-unquote surgery. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny. You're fucked. You're so fucked. Just turn him heel. Why not? You know? I don't know. Everybody hates him. Everybody yeah. loves I mean, Triple H is the fucking... I mean, after the end of Raw, Triple H was the fucking babyface. Everybody was chanting. He had 14,000 people chanting Hunter. Everybody was booing Roman. Who's the yeah. fucking babyface here? You leave one guy in the pool of blood. They're chanting the heel's name. Sorry. Yeah, no. the only the only thing I need to know that that this was fake was it happened on WWE. <laughs> I mean, it's wrestling, guys. I don't mean fake in the bad way. I mean, you know, not really a broken nose. Yeah. And because and the other thing is, is they would switched up what they were doing. If they if if Roman's like, all right, dude, my nose is broke, but I can still roll. They wouldn't have been punching him in the face. They'd have been throwing him on his back or something, and then I finished mean, it. Now, back in the old days, he would have took a blade and just gigged himself. Yeah, cut his nose off his face. <laughs> like WCW every weekend, hacking their skulls open. But um, I don't know. Now, if that was Dean Ambrose, do you think everybody would be cheering Triple H? Fuck no. They would have turned on his ass. Roman Reigns, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, I'm watching the video of Roman Reigns getting jacked up by Triple H, and it's fucking hilarious. The crowd is going ape shit. It's um, you gotta feel sorry for um. They're in a bad spot. It's it's all I don't know what they're gonna do. They're gonna have to turn Roman Hill or just go with it and let Hunter kill his ass and then walk out there on Monday night and this everybody this all hell the king, the king of kings. Maybe they should just all oh, Roman's like gesturing. Yeah. Have me the blood packet, bro. Yeah. It's uh there's a video on, on Reddit and fan cam. And it's um, oh here it is here's the actual um, here you go here's the uh, video we actually need to set up some type of uh, we actually do have a website I forgot Scott Paul show we, we should start linking show notes there you go watch that that's the video where he hands in the blood packet yeah the one I'm watching I mean. He the the guy that hands it to him is kind of blocking. That's nah, same angle. Yep, he, you can watch his hand. That's the blood packet. Why didn't they just leave it laying on the freaking under a paper or something? Or I don't know. He wears his gloves. Probably didn't want to bust in his gloves while he's wrestling. Yeah, that's so lame. <laughs> I miss the old days. Flair would just take out the razor and just slice his head. I mean, it's safer. I mean, but I remember the old days too. That if you would do the angle where you fuck up the guy's throat, he would pop in a couple caps and spit up blood. 
Yeah. Why don't they just say, you know, hey, look, his nose is broke. Drag him to the back and then have the camera go backstage and he's on a stretcher and it's freaking blood everywhere out of his nose. You know, that would have been the easiest way to do it without looking so retarded. It's like, I mean, no one expects WWE or any other organization to be perfect, but it's like they're not even trying with this one. <sighs> yeah. But, um, Eh, let's do our show here because Roman's just pissing me off. I need to get the exact date. It is the, uh, go ahead and load up your notes there so you can do the review. 22. 22. Oh, shit. Oh, man. I think I closed that one by accident. Google Docs, where you be? Oh, we got to see um, Jimmy Garvin tonight. Yeah, first appearance of gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. Yep. Um, wow. <laughs> he is so 80s. It's fantastic, actually. Um it was, I mean, it was, it was, the matches were pretty good tonight. Um, especially Tully and Arn's matches. The promos, mm, they're up and down. They weren't that great. All right. So we got gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. NWA for 222 86. Yeah. February 22nd, 1986. Um, I was five. So, you know, he's on there. He's got like his purple sequin vest and stuff, and he's just looking amazing. I'm just, I mean, he was just absolutely out of, out of the stratosphere. And, uh, and then he, he kissed Precious. I remember being young and seeing Precious and thinking, man, she is so hot. And then I was looking at her tonight and I was like, wow, that woman is not hot at all. So I was, there was nothing precious about her. Um, probably with Rock and Roll Express, David Crockett, and Tony. You know, they're going to get their back. Yeah, he's he's returned from his sabbatical. Um, I didn't see anything memorable about it. I mean, there was some there was some good stuff tonight, but the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, as far as promos go, I'm not really digging it. You know what I mean? So, Ricky Morton was the promo guy for sure. Yeah, I'll give him that. Let's see. I guess all right. Okay. So, anyways, then the Road Warriors come out and just freaking annihilate Bill Mulkey and Carl Stiles. And I, I cracked up because Animal tried to do a powerbomb off the ropes and he missed it. <laughs> then he's such a just strong-ass beast, he just snatches the guy up and does it anyways. So it was pretty funny. And, of course, they, you know, they killed him. Uh, Hawk looked like a flying squirrel when he did his off-the-top rope splash. It was pretty funny. That's what I think of every time he does it. Road Wars are the he did look like a fly squirrel. <laughs> yeah, did, he went spread eagle when when he went. The Road Wars are the best squash team in history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wave, it was. I mean, when they squash, dude. I mean, they go out there and it's like Magnetier squashing people, right? But yeah. Magnetier is going to like tonight. He does two moves. And but they go out there, they pick them up. You get four or five power moves. 
you get a freaking just straight ass whooping, solid hits, and then kaboom, the match is over. At well, least tonight, there's some variety to it. Tonight they did a tag. They actually tagged. Yeah, out. it was a tag. And they, yeah, the tag blew my mind. I was like, why did he even get out of the ropes? <laughs> it was a legal tag, too. Yeah, it was a legal tag. It was, was like the, the first, the first yeah. one. That was the yeah. first thing that was like, wow, tagged. <laughs> what yeah. was the point? Um, I don't think the referee was actually going to admonish him for, hey, get back out there. You didn't tag. Yeah. The promo. I, it was just your typical road warriors, you know. We're gonna we're gonna mess you up, we're gonna tear you up, we're gonna spit you out, kind of stuff. You know, they they came from the streets, they went to the streets. Um, wait, was that this promo or was that the other promo? No, that was the later promo. That was the later promo. The second promo was better. This one was pretty. I mean, the first one was just the typical we're gonna kick your ass shit. Okay, but what was funny is in the middle of it, um, Hawk kind of got tongue tied. Like he forgot what the hell he was going to say for like a whole second or two. And then he just rolled along with whatever he could think of. So, but it was just typical Warriors promo, which means it was awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tully versus Mike Jackson. It was a pretty good match. Jackson got a lot of offense in, which makes the matches a lot more interesting. I mean, unless you can play it like the Road Warriors, just squashing people. Like later, there was a couple squashes that just, they weren't even worth watching. But, you know, you get a little bit of offense from this Mike Jackson fella. You know, he didn't do bad at all. It was a that was a entertaining match. And the guy was fairly solid. Oh, tonight was the night of wrestling singlets for the props too. Oh yeah, everybody had a wrestling singlet on. So like, yeah. King Kong Bundy must have been huge back then. Oh yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, Ric Flair come out there showing off his Rolex and stuff, and you know, and the talking real world's title and the real world's title. So. Yeah, he, I mean, he cleaned up. He was telling people, you know, hey, you're going to be out of here, buddy. I love when he says buddy. When he's talking to somebody, he calls him buddy. I'm like, wow. Just a, it, yeah, it pops when it comes out of his mouth when he calls somebody buddy, when he's all lit up. I mean, his energy, his suit was freaking sweet. Like, that, that shit would look good today, man. That was a nice. That was nice. That was yeah. A, normally, I don't like the uh, striped, pinstripe suits, but that was a nice ass suit yeah and when i saw him walk out in that i was thinking back to um the stories you hear about him always trying to buy better clothes than the other guy yeah then dusty yeah. dusty rick flair won tonight bro sorry <laughs> so um baron versus rocky king yeah that was interesting Anyways, Man, you're, you're glossing over how fucking sweet that title was when he first brought that out and he unveiled it to the world Oh yeah, the first yeah. Time they sold it on television, but be before that, they just talked about it. In order yeah. to see that belt, you had to go to the house shows. You want to see that title? You had to go to the house shows. Yes. But before then, I mean, now you just be on the fucking internet. Then you want to see Flair? For like what? Two weeks or so? They were talking about it. You uh -huh. had to fucking see the belt. You had to go to the house shows. Yep. Yeah, the belt was sweet. But the one thing that I noticed. Fucked up. Leave the fucking NWA, WCW. They would fuck up. They spelled his name wrong. Did you notice that? Yeah. R I C K. Yep. Fucking idiots. You Can't spent right. $35,000 on that belt and you fucked up the nameplate. If I was yeah, Rick Flair, I'd say, fucking take that piece of shit back. Spell my name right. I'm Rick. Yeah. 
I wouldn't even let him take it back. I'd just smash it in front of him and say, now get me another $40,000 belt, bitches. So I think that is still a fucking beautiful belt. Yes. I mean, when he first held it up, it glared under the light so much, you could barely see it. That was, that was a fucking beautiful belt. That's still the best looking belt I've ever seen. Oh, I always like the WCW one the best. The WCW belts and the old WWF belt, like the Wing Deagle belt. Yeah, the Wing Deagle belt. Those are the best championship titles. Everything else after that just pales in comparison. Um, anyways, so Baron Von Shitface beats Rocky King, whatever. That's all and he completely no sells at all. Yeah. Um, like some of the worst no selling I've ever seen until um, later. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Jimmy Garvin promo with Precious when they're alone in the studio. And Jimmy Garvin's talking about how you know, his hair is insured by Lords of London. <laughs> and he's talking about, um, you know, how he doesn't put all these bad foods in his body and stuff. And I'm like, wow, I would totally hate this guy if I still thought wrestling was even remotely real. No red meat. Yeah, which I, I did bull- hate that guy when I was a kid. I call bullshit on that. Yeah, that's a red meat eating motherfucker if I ever saw one. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy Garvin, but you you weren't exactly built like Lex Luger. Yeah, um, for all the shit he talked. Yeah, he, he's probably like, uh, well, I uh, he, if anything, he probably did a uh, like a steak and eggs diet. Oh yeah, and most likely he's like, well, no carbs. Yeah, yeah, he, fucking eating. You lived in fucking the land, Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. Red meat every day. I did a steak and eggs diet for a while when I was lifting, uh, trying to bulk, and it was it was extremely fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, I got sick of eggs. I never got sick of red meat, but I got sick of eggs. First day, anyways. Yeah, first day you ate carbs though, you fucking blew up, didn't you? Oh man, you ain't a kidding. <laughs> man, I, my bro, I sprouted boobs instantly. So. <laughs> No, I just stayed home all day. Um, but it was a great fucking promo. <laughs> he was a good promo. Yeah, he was great. Um, Precious with that fucking hairspray. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Garvin, I mean, I was uh, surprised. I had really paid attention to him. And, and I know you have the network and all that, but it's just he doesn't, I haven't really seen him cut promos because usually I've watched him on pay-per-views or something. Um, so I was, I was pretty impressed. Um, I want to see more. So. Now that we're older, now we can really appreciate Jimmy. Jimmy Jam Garvin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Khan versus George Lord. South. Yo, yeah. Khan. Yeah, he sucked. Yeah. Um, promo with Dusty and Baby Doll. It's it's more of the same. I mean, it's good, but it's more of the same. We've been hearing the same thing for weeks now. So, um, Baby Doll, she just, yeah, she just drives me nuts, man. I don't know. say much tonight. No, nah, she was kind of quiet tonight. Um, Ron Garvin versus Bob Owens. Uh, what the hell was up with Ron Garvin tonight? I don't know, man. He beat the living piss he, out of Bob Owens. Like, like he Bob, was mad at him. Bob Owens must have owed him money. Tying him up, smacking him like a bitch. Yeah, he, he was rough. So uh, his promo afterwards... Um, they showed that he does, in fact, have a fan. Yeah, one fan. <laughs> yeah, a little girl with a sign. So she's young. We can forgive her. Um, but he was giving us, he was talking about driving a truck for four hours a week. So that makes him a truck driver. 
I'm thinking the truck driver probably spends 70 hours a week driving between, you know, Tallahassee and Connecticut probably is thinking, you know, motherfucker, don't know what you're mm -hmm. talking about. But to me, it seemed like he was trying to channel the Dusty Rhodes hard time speech. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, so you can say you got beat by truck, you know, Ric Flair, you know, you got beat by a truck driver or something like that. It was good for, for him. It really wasn't bad. But the thing with Garvin is the words he uses are actually pretty decent for the most part. He just doesn't deliver them very well. Not at all. He sounds like he's reading the fucking name of people graduating in high school or something. Well, I think it's because Ron Garvin's from Canada. I think he's from Montreal. No, that explains everything. I, I, think, I think he's from Toronto or Montreal, somewhere around in that area. So, But here's the thing. Ron Garber's a fucking liar. When he sits there and he says like 99% of the people don't like Ric Flair, bullshit. Even in 1986, you had yeah, some yeah. yeah. I mean, was it like last week when like the majority of the crowd were fucking Hill fans? Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> so that's fucking bullshit. So we know that the majority is is not like in his favor or Dusty's favor. So no, fuck you, Ron Garvin. It's not ninety nine percent. So no, no, fuck you, Ron Garvin. God, I hate Ron Garvin. So moving on, we get the flare promo, and he's talking about how the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup's like the biggest show, and you know you get the million dollars to the winners. Arn and Flair are teaming up. Yeah. Okay. So, was it Tony or Davey that said, well, they'd have to be the odds-on favorite? Um, I think that was Tony. Okay, so Tony says that. And you think, that's a compliment. And Flair takes fucking offense to it. <laughs> because, no, I'm not the odds-on favorite. He should. I am the guy that's going to win. I mean, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but it was just it, he played it so fucking fast, man. <laughs> he, like, jumped right on that comment. Like, what are you talking about odds-on favorite? I'm the man. I'm yeah. gonna win this. Yeah, it was great. Um, so Arn Anderson wrestled the junior heavyweight champion. And what was great about this was Ric Flair stayed on commentary. Yeah, <laughs> the entire time, and he was he was he was pretty good. Um, he was trying to build. Was it Danny Brown? Danny Brown's. Well, I think he said I wasn't really paying attention. I thought he said something else, but I'm, I'm not gonna look at it right now. But yeah, so he wrestled the junior heavyweight champion. And the TV tag or the TV title was on the line, and it was a really good match. I like um, Dusty, who doesn't defend anything. Yeah, Danny, what's his face? He was a very solid worker. So, um, but the, the highlight of it was Flair. So it ends with the Gord Buster, and it's over with. So then, promo with Arn and Flair. I think I went on a urine break at this time, and I believe I missed most of this promo. You well, have to fill me in on this one. During during the the promo, they like always, and I'm sure it's David Crocs doing. They showed footage from a house show, and at the house show, Flair was forced to work that piece of shit Ron Garvin. Oh, I came in on the tail end of it. Okay, yeah. yeah. And they worked first to into a sixty minute draw, and at the end of the sixty minute draw, Ron Garvin. Illegally, because used a fist, which is an illegal move, by the way, and knocked out Ric Flair. 
and then he pinned Ric Flair, and they counted him out. What fucking good does that do? The match is already over with. And, you, and then you knocked him out, and then you pinned him? Yeah. Yeah, I caught the end of that, and Ric Flair um, had sweat so much, his hair looked like 1993 Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that dude's full of sweat. Yeah, yeah they'd worked their asses off. Um, Flair probably had to work harder to carry that bastard. And, and that's that that was the thing. And, and Flair was again hinting at the fact that once again you're out here trying to embarrass me like you always do. Where did you get this footage at? What the hell is this? So yeah, and he's talking about he's a cheater. So yeah, yeah. you know we bag on this. What the hell is Ron Garvin still alive? Yeah. He, he wants to come on the show and defend himself. And I, and I said, no. I hope, I hope we never run across Ron Garvin. <laughs> it's going to be like Jay and silent Bob. I'm going to hear a knock on the door. Cause he stumbled across the podcast. by some fucking miracle. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, hello. Yeah. Are you Scott Edwards from Scott? Apostle? I'm like, yeah. Boom. Hands are staring on the front step. But see, that's the thing that would make me an instant fan. I mean, if I was still awake, I'd shoot him. But regardless, I'd be like, all right, I can respect this guy now. Yeah. Once you woke up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if I ever see Ron Garvin and he's like, are you on that show? I'm running. Yeah. Definitely running. Uh, Barbarian versus Kent Glover. Yeah, this. I mean, it was just Barbarian just did his thing. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was okay. Barbarian, they don't give him anybody to work against. No, they don't. I don't know if because they Dusty was worried that Barbarian's young, so they don't give him anybody to work with. But he doesn't have anybody to work against. That's the problem. He is strong as freaking shit, too. I know they're building him up to work Ron Bass, but I don't know if if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder myself. It's supposed to be, what, two weeks ago? He was supposed to... They were supposed to have that challenge. Yeah. Paul Jones is supposed to name the date and place. I don't yeah, know. They didn't really go into much on this. So, yeah, anyways, he's, he crushed Kent Glover. And Jim Cornette comes on there and he's got some paperwork um, basically talking about what he has. And this I thought was awesome because it's kind of like foreshadowing, even though I know they didn't intend it that way. But um, what year did the scaffold match happen? Was this before or after 86? I think it was 85. Oh, no, was no, it? no, it was a little bit later. I don't know. Keep talking. All right. Well, anyways, I'm under the impression that the scaffold match was like 86, 87, late 86, early 87. Just from. I think memory. it was later because you had Big Bubba. Yeah. So Jim Cornette's giving a promo and he's talking about his intense fear of heights. And I'm thinking, uh, yeah, you should be scared of heights because you're about to fuck your knees up, bro. Um, but yeah, if, if anybody doesn't know, Jim Cornette does a scaffold match and he's supposed to take a bump and one of his feet hits. So he like blows his leg apart and bleeds death in the ring. Seriously, look it up. It's on the internet. Um, but yeah, Jim Cornette, you know, he goes on and on about, uh, my mama's lawyers this year. Okay. My mama's lawyers, my mama's doctors are going to, are going to get an injunction. We're going to stop this. I've got medical paperwork saying I've got an intense fear of heights and I don't need to be locked in a cage. I'm not an animal. I'm not a pit fighter. I'm all this stuff. It was a really good promo. And Jim Cornette, I think he gives good promos. So oh, yeah. it was, yeah. yeah. And he was talking about being in a cage and being up high and it was great. So, 
Moving on, we got Midnight Express versus Mike Samani and Larry Clark. And um, Loverboy, shit, his name's escaping me at the moment. Dennis Loverboy, Con- Dennis Condry. Yeah. You know, I'm really starting to dislike this guy. He's starting to. He, I haven't seen him do jack shit. <laughs> Bobby's starting to pull, pull his weight. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, wow. Yeah, when Bobby's in there and Bobby's moving, you're seeing some good stuff happen. And they got some offense in, you know. And, but the thing is, unless unless Dennis was in there, he just stood there. No matter what the guy did, he would just stand there. Like he backed him into the corner one time. He puts his hands up and the dude just like starts wailing on him. He's just like, yeah, I'm just going to stand here because I'm a dick. It's, it's like, like at least bend over a little bit and then push him out of the corner and smash him. You know, make it a little bit interesting. Guy has, yeah, he has no idea there's a crowd there. If you ask me, it's like we. Were, I was saying, is Dennis getting fatter every week. Yeah, he's the hairy version of Ron Garvin. That's it. So, actually, Ron Garvin does more than him. Yeah, yeah. I have to give Garvin that much. He does way more than this douchebag. Hey, I am not a fan at all. And that thing around his neck, I, I just wish <laughs> somebody grab it and squeeze it, just yank on that sucker. So I mean, Midnight Express are a hell of a great tag team, but I think now it's because of Bobby. It, it, it is. That guy is an excellent wrestler. Bobby is amazing. He's one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time. Midnight yeah. Express are a great tag team. Now I'm thinking it's because 70% of us, Bobby. Yeah. I'm interested to see some stuff with Stan Lane later on. So, And then, of course, at the end of this, Rock and Roll Express, the biggest fucking boys in wrestling, come out there with loaded – Probably loaded brackets to start beating the hell out of the Midnight Express. Yeah. Poor Bobby Eaton. All that work he did. Now, when Bobby Eaton jumped off the top rope on the one, it was pretty funny because it was like Jim Cornette had to save the worker, the prop. It was like the prop wasn't where he needed to be. And Bob, you hear Bobby yell out to move him. Also, Bobby was talking shit in the middle of the match, like yelling out to the crowd, hey, you want me to suplex him? And I, he was playing the crowd, and they were like, yeah, suplex that bastard. But anyways, the um, but it was like Jim Cornette's like, I got to get this guy in position because he's being an idiot. So he, picks, he basically grabs a guy by his singlet and like shoves him in the position, and Bobby jumps off the top rope onto concrete on the outside of the ring, which he takes a roll. But it still had the feel kind of shitty to roll on concrete after falling 10 feet or however the hell he was. You know, he 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 smacked it. And I think it was this match. They threw that when they threw oh, I know what it was. That guy was fucked up for real, dude. Because he threw him out of the ring and you hear his head smack the concrete. Yeah. Like he's just like smack. And I think that's why Jim Cornette picked the guy up. <laughs> the guy was legitimately probably a little bit he was I think he was a little injured. So but I mean, it was it was a decent match when Bobby Eaton was in the ring. When he yeah. wasn't doing anything, it was shit. So, well, maybe um, I don't know. Maybe Dennis was just drunk. That's possible too. And he was a hungover. It was a sad. They they record on Saturday, so maybe Friday night. It's just an off hangover. <laughs> yeah, he had a hangover when he got up that morning and started drinking at eight a.m. So, um. Now, Rock and Roll Express. Oh, I'm sorry. The Tully promo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dylan was – I'm trying to think of what it was he said. I was impressed with Dylan, but I cannot remember what the hell he said. They were talking about the um, upcoming 
he had a quotable quote. Ah, shit, I should have wrote that down. That yeah. sucks for the show. But anyways. Well, they were talking about the, the upcoming Jim Crockett Cup and how it's okay for them to – you got to pick the – totally had no problem with the horseman choosing Arn and Flair to go for it because that's fine because there's other horseman business that need to be taken care of because – they're gonna have a he's gonna have like a tape fist match against um Jimmy Valiant or some bullshit. I can't remember. Yeah, whatever. It was a uh, it was a good promo. I just can't remember. I'm kind of drawing a blank here. Rock and Roll Express comes out and wrestles Black Bart and Thunderfoot. Your favorite worker. Yeah, poor old Thunderfoot. Poor old Thunderfoot, who actually pulled off some good offense against the perennial rock and roll punching bag, Morton. The uh, the tag team of the eighties. But I actually saw Gibson get hit. He took I a was punch. took a punch, and he didn't recover from it instantly. I was fucking amazed. And then we had your double drop kick finish yeah. so in all it was a i was a good i thought it was a decent match i enjoyed it i was entertained um but the road warrior promo was next and they this took- is where they were talking about their um how they were on the streets of chicago and then they went and fought in barns and in bars and then they went to wrestling and then sometimes they go back to chicago to clean the streets up uh, kick ass and all that stuff. But he starts talking about the Russians. Hawk does. And he, it, it just, it was crazy. He calls them Neo Maxi Zoom Dweebies. And he makes it sound like some of the baddest ass shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I would, I'm totally intimidated by this man. I thought it was pretty funny. I kept popping his collar off too. Yeah. He, when they came out for this promo, they went ahead and they put their spikes back on. And then he blew it off of his neck by flexing. That's pretty cool. So Neo Maxi Zoom Dweebies. Dweebies from Hawk. You think they went in the back and Animal like tackled him back in the head? He's like, really? Neo Maxi Zoom Dweebies? <laughs> well. And Hawk was like, yeah, the Dweebies. So, yeah. yeah. It was good. That I could just I could watch fucking Hawk do promos. Yeah. There should be like you ever see the videos on YouTube of Arnold quotes for nine hours. There should be like Hawk promos for nine hours. <laughs> Just hear the crazy shit that he says. Yeah. Um, so in Magnum TA versus Bill Tab, I'm thinking, wow, this guy's. Well, you had the Russians come out there. They could have promo first. Yeah. Well, yeah, Magnum TA standing in the ring, looking at him like he's getting ready to walk out there and kill him. Yeah. Yeah, and they had uh, Nikita in his little polo shirt and his sunglasses looking all fancy and shit. And I didn't really care what the hell they said because their promos suck. Well, I have as good promos as Nikita's promos are shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not even buying Ivan lately. I'm just not, they're just not interesting me at all. Um, maybe it's because I've seen the Russian versus American angle since I was born. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, you know, real life and in wrestling. So, but anyways, Magnum TA wrestles Bill Tab. I think, well, that's Bill Tab guy. Kind of reminds me of Ron Simmons. And then there's literally two moves and the match is over. And I know this week, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, yeah, it's it's just two moves. 
But this week it had a little bit of purpose because they were moving on to the big brawl. Yeah, and Magnum wanted to kill the fucker. Yeah, so Magnum TA um, jumps out of the ring and hits Nikita from behind. Yeah, he Pearl him. <laughs> yeah, he Pearl Harvard him. Um, yeah, I mean, he blasted him. And they start rolling around. And when they first fall down on the mat, Magnum's got him in like a headlock like a front headlock. like It looked like an unintentional DDT. And I was like, oh, shit. I wonder if Nikita actually hit his head on the concrete. And I don't know if he did or not, but it looked bad at first. And then they just, they rolled around and just got into a classic, just fist of fury brawl on the ground. And then, of course, all the props and a few of the superstars come out there and they start trying to drag people around and break it up. Oh, and the yeah. funny part was when Dusty comes out, he literally just swan dives in like Scrooge McDuck hitting his fucking gold. <laughs> I don't know how that big bastard slid between them, but he literally fucking disappeared right into the group. I mean, I, I was like, like, are you, how did he do that? The Dwayne guy come in here. Yeah. I mean, he just right in there. It was, it was like he was lathered in KY. Yeah. So but he got his big ass in there and then it broke with them all just still brawling. And then they, they get him broke up and Nikita would be, you know, everybody had them all covered, but Magnum somehow kept getting loose and just running in and jumping over and yeah. him in the face. It was a good little brawl. Yeah, it was pretty good. So it was definitely a highlight. It was a good show overall. I mean, they had a couple of bust matches. Don't get me wrong, but most of the matches were actually entertaining. So that's generally the way this show works out. They usually have two or three good angles that run throughout the show. Yeah. If, if they would cut this show down to maybe an hour. Or forty-five minutes, it would be really, really more digestible. It's just you got a lot of fluff in there. Yeah, there's a lot of fluff. But you gotta get your people over to get them airtime. That's kind of the problem. Oh, I would have watched this. I, I mean, I did watch this when I was a kid. You know, off and on, whenever I could catch it on. So it's a good show. Yeah. But that that's that's it. So uh don't think anything else is pertinent for now, so uh we'll see you people next week. Later.